You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. So you know what it's like when I get up in the morning and I'm figuring, oh my God, what do I got to do? I got a show going on. It's always great when I get to do something with friends that I've met before and they're part of this industry, a very burgeoning industry. And it's also cool to talk to people that are out on the West Coast, especially because New York went legal, which is an awesome thing. So I have Pro Pollock and Ari Waldman. How are you doing today? Great. Thank you. I'm hey, doing uh, great. Awesome. Nice, nice. So both you guys in New York, right? Ari is in New York. I'm in New York. I live in Brooklyn. Okay. And I'm in Jersey. And I work in Jersey. Yes. Neighbors. Nice. All right. So Ari, tell us a little bit about yourself. I am a real estate broker for Lead Associates. And... I should tell you that I'm also a real estate broker who stutters because I stutter. And over the course of the year, over COVID, I came in contact with a lot of people in the cannabis and hemp space. And I also work at Lee and Associates. We're a national and international commercial real estate company. We also, some of the offices do residential. And where I come into the cannabis space is They all have real estate needs. They need land, they need growing space, they need warehouse space, they need manufacturing space, shipping, logistics space. Sometimes they need some retail space and they need cannabis dispensaries. This is where I come in. And we're national, we're all over the country. We can help people in the cannabis space with any of their real estate needs anywhere in the country and in Canada. We have offices in Toronto and Vancouver. Wow. That's great. And Pearl, uh, what got you into the cannabis industry? Well, it actually was a journey of healing for my son that started me out in the natural Uh, modalities of helping a two-year-old really get out of surgery. And ultimately, I learned that our bodies are pretty amazing and we have the ability to heal ourselves and and look at at the root cause of health and well-being. And I was able to help my son um, at two years old, um, able to get him out of that sur- that surgical procedure that he needed. And it really shaved my path into learning about plant medicine and how plants and humans have a system that works synergistically together. And um, two years ago, I learned about the hemp plant. I wasn't knowledgeable about the hemp plant until two years ago when the farm bill was signed and you know distribution was now Um, available throughout the United States. And I just wanted to learn so much more about the plant than I have. And the last two years, I have been able to help thousands of people find relief and, um, and really feel fulfilled to know that people are utilizing a great source of hemp CBD and finding that relief that they are needing in their bodies. So it's been an incredible. So are you surprised? No. Before not at this, all. were you very, like, well, I'm just saying, like, 
when you heard about cannabis and hemp and things, did you have a fear of it? So interestingly, it wasn't a fear. I, I, I guess there was confusion around it because when you hear about cannabis, you automatically think about marijuana and ultimately understanding that the hemp, I, the hemp plant is the cousin plant to the marijuana with incredible healing properties. And the fact that the plant has um, cannabinoids that feed receptors in our body, I was just so fascinated, wanted to learn everything, but I, I was more confused that they, they, they labeled it as a, as a drug and they took it away from humanity. So it really put me on a mission to get the word out there and, and take down the misconceptions that people may have and take down the, the judgment that people have around marijuana and bring enlightened people on the benefits of hemp. So it's been really amazing. And what are, what are some of your best products? Okay, with, um, with the hemp plant, I've also learned that you need to know your source. And I've aligned with a company called Live Labs and Live Labs brings premium hemp CBD products to the market. So one of our best products is called the HydroPro. It's um, a nano emulsion product. So ultimately the product emulsifies in water. It's, it's very, very highly bioavailable. And the, the NEAT technology, which is called Nano Emulsion Advanced Technology, allows for the CBD to enter into the system and be so effective in finds themselves under you know, heightened stress and anxieties. I'll say that this is one product that just makes that difference so, so quickly. It, I mean, it took me out of a panic attack within minutes, a physical, very overwhelmed panic attack within minutes. And, and not that you know we like to make claims, but I'll tell you, I couldn't believe what I was experiencing myself. Another great product um, is our hemp balm. It's a thousand milligrams of pure hemp with essential oils, and it just relieves any pain and discomfort very, very quickly. Wow. That's, that's amazing. And um, you said thousands of patients or thousands of people. Thousands of people. What really you know, got me into the industry was having the ability to just let people know that they had the ability to tap into the industry. Sure. People don't know that as an everyday person, you have your profession, your career, your job, that you could align in the space and create a business around it. And ultimately, being that voice in, in, in the industry has allowed me to connect with thousands of people and to show them a business model on how they can get into the industry and incorporate it into their already busy lives and have their own business alongside of their profession. So having, having had the ability to do that with thousands of people has been very, very rewarding, rewarding. But knowing that I represent a company that's in the forefront of the industry has made it such an effortless process because I'm standing behind a company that's bringing products that are just working for people. So the products are doing what the products do best and the people are doing what the people do best by recommending great products and introducing the industry to people. So how many people work at the company you're at then? So the model of the company is network marketing. And if you're familiar with the industry itself, 
it allows people to be independent distributors, right? And have their own business. And so in my own organization, I've introduced the products and the business to over 3000 people. There are people that have introduced the products and the, and, and the business to over 20,000 people. So at large, I believe we are a company that's closing in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. And we are growing exponentially just because you're taking the network marketing model and you're marrying it with the hemp CBD industry. It's the perfect, perfect marriage. So at a time where people were out of work, the pandemic, people didn't know where to turn. There was so much confusion to what, what do I do in this very moment just to provide the necessary basics for my family. People were turning to us and saying, all right, show me what you do. Show me how to do this. And we've grown month after month after month because it's become such a need to be open-minded to different opportunities. That's interesting. And Ari, uh, tell me, you know, a little bit about, you know, in the real estate sense, why a lot of people in the real estate, you know, industry were staying away from cannabis and you guys seem to be more proactive about embracing people that are a part of that. What made you decide that it was important to help people in the cannabis industry? Are you there? I can't hear him. Yes, I'm here. Oh, okay. Are you able to hear me? Yeah, now can I hear can. Me now? Yeah, now I can hear you. Excellent. Cannabis is becoming legalized in a lot of starting to become legalized in some states, and I'm starting to see dispensaries open. I'm starting to see that people are transacting in the cannabis space. And it's, I don't do, I don't take the cannabis myself, but if I'm in real estate, how can I ignore all the sales that are going on in the cannabis arena? I said to myself, I need to take advantage because there are a lot of people who are going to need to grow it, store it, ship it, make it. And I have the resources that they're going to need to do all this by the physical locations, whether it be a farm or growing space or a dispensary or a warehouse, whatever it is they need in terms of space, I can help them with now, wherever in the country now, and in Canada. My question to you is this. There are, a lot, there are people that are trying to help out people in the cannabis space with, you know, land and facilities and things and all of that nature. But because of it being cannabis and, you know, there's this impression of like these billions of dollars and millions of dollars that just comes flying in. A lot of these real estate companies kind of jack up the prices and rates and things of that nature just because they know that this can potentially make so much money and there's a lot of 
real estate guys that are taking advantage of that situation as well. Are you trying to be fair as far as, you know, rates compared to other industries? Or do you find that you're going to have to be in a position to increase rent amounts and this and things of that nature just because of the cannabis aspect? That's a great question. My job as a real estate broker is to act in the best interest of my client. Okay. I mean, do you want to elaborate a little more? I think, I think he froze. I, I think, think so. yeah, I think his video froze. It doesn't, yeah, I, I don't I know. So. Yeah. I think he doesn't have a good internet signal. Yeah. Well, we'll have to we'll have to get back to get back to get back to him for sure. We'll see if it resets or what happens. Great question. Yeah, right. right. I was curious, you know, because it's that a is a great question. You know, right. I know a lot of people who get into the cannabis industry from these other things and they try to, you know, honestly they try to fuck people over. And the question is, yeah. you know, even these CBD companies, so I would ask you a similar question. Are you fair? on your pricing for people to buy stuff? I think that's an important question. And it's interesting because I had a call earlier today about that. I was making a connection um, to someone who was looking to white label a product. And, you know, he was the the owner of, of the company who does the, um, the process. He was saying that there are just, and we know this, there are just so many companies out there that are just slapping a label or they're just you know, putting something just to get it into on the market. Look at what you see, find CBD products at gas stations. You're finding them just about on every shelf. And ultimately you need to know the source of that product because the hemp plant is like a sponge. It's going to soak up everything great all those minerals and and all the nutrients of the soil or it's going to soak up all the toxicity so knowing your source is so important and knowing that i've aligned with a company lit um, live labs live labs has their own organic farm they go from the seed up until what's in the bottle they have third-party testing certificates of analysis so by controlling the whole process that puts us at an advantage because it really does keep our pricing very, very, very competitive. And not only when we, you look at the pricing to the product, but you look at the effectiveness of the product for the cost of the product. I mean, I believe we are in the best state of, of, of bringing a pure product at the most competitive um, price to the market. So. I believe that people need to be educated on that. And ultimately, again, the model here is to be the educator, to be the advocate. It's to go out there and tell people what they need to know before they just pick up a product off the shelf and just take it. Yeah. And Ari, we're, we got you back. And uh, it was a very good question. I was curious if you still wanted to uh, answer was about, yes. you know, your, yeah, go ahead about the rates and things? I'm not going to let that influence me. 
my job as a real estate broker, as a professional, is to advocate on behalf of my clients to get them the best deal and whatever they want. And I will fight for them whatever they need to make them feel comfortable. That's what I do. That's what I would do with cannabis or hemp or any other business So or any other owner of a company. So I got a question for you then. So let's say guy needs a, you know, 20,000 square foot warehouse, you know, and the average price per square foot, you know, is two bucks. But the guy who owns the building is telling you, oh, it's cannabis. Tell him $4 a square foot. What would you say in that type of a situation? I would disclose the whole conversation. I would say what the landlord says. Sure. And I would also say. What would you say to the landlord? Though? What would you say to the landlord? Would you be like, dude, that's fucked up? Or like, how would you handle that situation? Would you not even work with them? What, what would go down? No, I would work with the landlord, but I'll say, I'm going to disclose this with my client. I'm going to leave it up to the client. I'm going to tell him the whole situation because if my client who is in the cannabis space wants that space and wants that building, what do I do? Do I walk away from it? Well, what I if the person, for me yeah, to give the whole story. sure, sure. What if they wanted it, but they wanted it at the normal price everybody else is paying and thinks it's unfair that they get double taxed just because of the industry they're in. So I would recommend him to put that in an offer and I would, I would guide him with an offer and we would present that. Sure. And sure. if it's not something you would be comfortable with, we would walk away and pursue something else. Yeah, I got you. As we would handle any other transaction. Sure. Sure. But you've heard of this happening, right? In the cannabis yes. industry. And all these companies taking gross advantage to a point where it's almost hard for the company to even succeed when they have to give out such crazy chunks to people. It's important for the broker to advocate on behalf of their client. And if the broker is not advocating for their client, not doing their job, that's the truth. Yeah. For sure. Whatever it is. Absolutely. You have to be a professional. I got you. Um, have you done any ones? Are you getting kind of hit up yet a little bit with uh, people interested in doing stuff and getting real estate in New York and New Jersey, especially now with New York going legal? I have not personally, but some other people in our company have. Great. And I would like to because it's hot and more and more people are growing and they're dispensing and sometimes retail and they have warehouses and they have manufacturing plants. I want to get in. Sure. And then there's also hemp, which is kind of everywhere now. Yeah. You know, the hemp space and hemp businesses and CBD retail stores. You see those popping up all yeah. over the place, right? Yeah. Popping up all over the place. Very yeah. popular, I hear, is starting to open up all over the East Coast in New Jersey and New York. You see a lot of actual retail CBD stores that all there is is CBD products in it, right? Yeah. <laughs> we, we also can help people with the land or the farm space to grow the hemp CBD 
that the CBD is what's extracted, the hemp or the cannabis or the manufacturing space. People definitely need that for Absolutely. the extraction, for the growing. And again, how does one qualify in a regular bank if you say that you're doing, well, I see hemp's probably easier, but if you were like, oh, I want to do cultivation, I mean, how does that go down? How, you know, it seems like it would be very hard to get a bank to approve something like that, right? I have not personally done it. Other people in my company have. Sure. But I will figure out, I would figure out a strategy. I would talk with the client. We would sit down. We would have a conversation. And we would figure out the right strategy, how to present it so it's accepted. And if it's not accepted by one bank, we would look at another bank. We would figure out a way to make it happen. Sure. So uh, what you're saying is at least if someone were to work with you, you would be very diligent and persistent to, in the end, get whatever the client needed. Absolutely. That's what I'm about. And how do, if someone wanted to reach out to you, how would they go about doing that? The best way, since people are all over, is to email me, and we could set up a phone call. Yeah, want to give a give your email for those listening that want to reach out. A W A L D M A N at Lee L E E dash associates dot com. My other email is A W A L D two two four at yahoo dot com, and my cell number is nine one seven five eight nine. 0261. That's great. So yeah, if anybody's interested in getting in touch with uh, Ari over land, dispensary, retail, I mean, whatever it is, he's uh, he's works with a great firm in New York that uh, handles everything nationwide. So that's that's real cool. Thank you, my man. And then Pearl. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Before you go into Pearl. Yeah. I'm not the only one who does this, Okay, but I can help people and I'm fully equipped to help people. I'm not the real estate person, but I'm a very diligent worker and I'm committed to helping people in the cannabis and hemp space with all of their real estate needs. Sure. And are you, are you, um, you're not, are you an agent, but then also work with the legal or no? Do you do legal at Sorry? all? Do you also do legal or is it just you're an, you're essentially an agent, right? A real estate agent or how would you describe your position? I'm a real estate broker. I don't broker. do legal. I can bring in a lawyer who specializes in cannabis and hemp sure. and I have contacts in that space. Okay, so that's great. Lawyers who only do cannabis. If people need that too. Yeah, that's pretty cool for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Pearl, uh, what about the company you're working with? How many products would you say that are available at this point for people to order? We have over 15 products, a little over 15 products. It's a small product line. However, every product is designed for a very specific need to making people feel better with what they're going through. So whether you have products that help aid in sleep, 
products towards inflammation, products for sexual wellness, products that really address every aspect of life. And ultimately knowing that you can align with a company and represent a company that brings those products to the market in an e-commerce business. So very opposite of where Ari is, where bringing those retail locations and many people today have to have that level of an investment to open up a retail shop and, and have the merchant services, making sure that you have merchant services that are going to process those payments and making sure that you have a good quality products in your store. What people have found in this industry is that they can align with a company and do that online. And by doing so, we help them build out their networks, tap into their communities, share the products with their pe with people that they know and open opportunities. Because the truth is today, more than ever, people are looking for opportunity and people want to be in, in the cannabis arena. So showing people the way and how to do so very successfully has um, been the biggest gift that I can bring to people. Um, and it's just been, it's, it's been great. So in terms of products, products are fantastic. And uh, is there a website or which, which way would you like people to contact you if they were interested in any of these products? Yeah, absolutely. So the website is Glo um, globalhemp.liv. Um, I'm sorry, globalhemp.livlabsnow. So globalhemp.livlabsnow.com. And my information is pearl.globalnetwork at gmail.com. Best way to contact me. That's great. That's so awesome. Thank you guys so much for uh, coming on today and telling us a little bit about yourselves and getting a more of an understanding of what you guys do in the con in the cannabis and hemp space and uh, and your passions. And, and it's very cool to see all the new uh, entrepreneurs that'll be rising up from uh, New Jersey and New York with it yeah. now both being uh recreational states right or that's what it is right they're both rec have recreational right yeah. it's not just medical yes. i'll be able to Correct. embrace tourism <laughs> which mm. is which is very cool <laughs> hey ari have you walked out of the building and seen people fucking light up has things just changed as you're walking through the streets of manhattan or now it actually has been starting for the past year or two it's just become. But I mean, now, now now that it's said like that and put it in the fucking open, though, do you see when you're walking down the streets, more people who are smoking cigarettes? You see in a few joint smokers just chilling, no problem. A little more, a but a little more, but it's already been. Even though it wasn't legal yet, it's been starting. This has been a slow progression, but yeah. I'm seeing it more and more. Hell yeah! Well. Thank you so much, guys, for coming on the show. And uh, it was a pleasure having you on. Anybody uh, checking out Hayes Radio, just check out HayesRadioNetwork.com for all your information and links to all our archives episodes. Or you could even download the Hayes Radio app on your iPhone or Android by typing in Hayes Radio in your app store and download it and check it out. And thank you guys so much. This is Andrew Pitsikalis. Hey, Spotlight, thank you so much, everyone, for joining with us today. And uh, be well. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.
Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. No problem. You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. You know what it's like when I get up in the morning and I'm like, oh shit, I got a show to figure out. <clears throat> I come in, take a few rips, and then I realize I got a good buddy coming in today that I've known for, man, it's like going in the way back machine. I got at least, like, I'm going to date myself. It's could be like even 20 years that long during a time in my life that was a lot of fun being in the glass game and uh, being part of that whole industry which in ways I still am there but my buddy has made his way through all those years giving everybody the tools that they need what's up Bose how you doing bro good how you been Peter? I'm good man how you been? Man, just taking care of the little one. How you feeling with all this COVID and all this crazy stuff going on? Oh, like I'm back in lockup. <laughs> right? It's like, it's like a whole world, you know, but and a lot of people are just like can get depressed, this. I mean, there's so many things that are going on with COVID going on, you know, and a lot of things that people are considering because they just have so much time on their hands, you know? Yeah. So this goes back so long. How many years was it when you started first getting into the glass industry? What's it been? Uh, was it the first year of Champs? <clears throat> and what, what year was first year of Champs? Do we have to Google that, that I, we're that old? <laughs> you know, I, I honestly, I smoke so much weed out of... <laughs> It would have to be like the like late '90s, right? Or or, or no? Yeah, like yeah. mid '90s, like probably like '90. The first year of champs. Or, yeah, I'm not even sure. Let, let's Google that. this shit. Yeah, up. We'll have to, yeah, I'm not sure what year that was. Maybe 2000, 2000. No, it had to be 2000 something. Celebrating 22 years. <laughs> Has it been that long? Yeah, 22 years. Wow. And I actually know you before Champs because you knew Jay forever. Yeah. See, I would have been like, oh, yeah, like seven years. <laughs> That's funny. When we, so tell us about the company that you started over 20 years ago. Um, Bo Swanner Glass. Uh, Actually started over with the uh, Fat Jack, yeah, Fat Jack, yeah. uh, Creative Artisans over in Henderson. Yeah, and dope ass glass. Yeah, and I was I've been friends with Jack since then and Phil. Right. When they started dope ass is when I literally was in it and doing stuff with Jay, and then I did stuff with uh, with Jody for Wicked sixty six. That's actually one of my first instructors was Jody from Wicked 66. Yeah, yeah. And then I owned the studio with him that we had all the glass stuff and everything and the stuff in behind before. Okay, yeah, I remember him talking about that. Yeah, back in the day, we had a wild place. <laughs> nice. Hell yeah. I actually just talked to all of them recently. 
And how is everybody doing? Really good, really good. Yeah, I know Jack's doing good. Phil's doing good. They both got shops. Yeah. <coughs> Shout out to uh, Smoke Signals 2 or, or, um, or Smoke. Well, I'm not was, sure Smoke Signals. I forgot, well, I forgot what the names are. What, what's, what's Phil's? I don't even remember. Do you know? Or Jack? We don't know. <laughs> still smoking? Still smoking. There you go. That was it. Still smoking. Yeah, still and, smoking. Um, Jack's is... Uh, Currently, a uh, you know Jack does a yeah. hustle. You know, yeah. you need something, you get a hold of Jack. Yeah, you need something, you get a hold of Jack. But those are great days. I mean, think about it. Glass was so different. Yeah, right? I mean, because at and when it first started, you were representing most of the artists because they didn't want to really be known. Like it was so like hardcore then that people it was federally like yeah. looked upon that you're like afraid you could go to prison it was real like under, taboo under the table and i was running around with jack and yeah we were trying to promote all the artists and make sure everybody was known for who they were not necessarily just a piece all the guys shout outs to ether to josh ham or, or uh hashy yeah hashy yeah hashy ether <laughs> Uh, who else was in those shops? Uh, I remember someone. Adrian. Uh, uh, yeah, I remember Adrian Jesse with the dark Curse hair. Glass. Jesse, oh, I love Jesse, yeah. man. Jesse's my boy. He does some amazing work. I watched him from starting from nothing. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Um, I had inspiring, yeah, inspiring talks with him. With Bob, Jesse. Bob, rest in peace. Yeah. Bob was there. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forge, Forge Glass. Uh, I don't know if I remember Forge as much. I remember the name a little bit, you know. Uh, man, the, and then uh, Jay's boy, uh, the Spanish dude that blew glass a little was, bit too. That was Adrian, right? Oh, no, no, was it, no, I don't think it was Adrian. I think it was a different name. Hmm. I remember Adrian that you're talking about, yeah. but I thought about a different guy. Yeah, there's so many guys that came in now. You know what it is? It's so hard to do it because... One, the patience you have to have to make a marble, right? Just to make right. something small, right? Yeah. And then it could break in this, and you got to do all these different things of combining glass, and you got the heat, and you got the torch, and you got all these different things, right? But it's it's fun. It's like you're playing Avatar. You get to play with all the elements and make something, you know, you're creating something. And you make creative glass with it, right? Yeah. And... Were you always, were you blowing a lot of glass? Uh, right now I've been trying to just keep bills going, but I do stop in over at Urban Legends in Arizona and I blow glass out there. Nice. I stop by a lot of uh, well, friend shops. Why don't you talk about when you apps. first started doing it though? Oh, I was so sketched out. I, like I had no idea and, what and I was what, doing. And what year, do you remember around when it was when you first started even or no? No, I was or probably. Like, how old it maybe at least like? 10, 18, 20 years old or, or oh man, I was old. I was an old man. Oh, uh, yeah? I'm an old uh, man now. I know. Well, we all <laughs> just, we I, all are old. <laughs> I just turned forty one the other day. Nice. I'm older than you, so yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, maybe I was in my late twenties, probably. Late twenties. Like, yeah, in the twenties, man. That's when I remember us all rocking. Yeah. I was in like the later twenties, thirties. Yeah. Jay was because me and Jay are on the because you're you're younger you're younger than Jay, I think so yeah yeah for yeah. sure yeah 
And and you did not just glass though, but you 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 sold the tools, um, right? Or now? No, like no, 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 or no, no. Did you no, do? No, no, no. You didn't do tools, right? Um, I would send a lot of people over to Ross. Okay. You know, uh, with ABR. Yeah, sure. Yeah, he's a good buddy. Uh, I remember him. Yeah. You know, it sucks not doing the shows, right? You can't really see anything. This. Yeah, that's that was like the biggest part is getting to see all your homies and hanging out and getting to. You know, exchange ideas and creativity. Yeah, and it was way before Instagram, social media, like all that shit, right? Yeah, you know what I mean, like there's at least a decade or more, more, right? Fifteen years or so in the industry where the way people really met each other was going to shows and like setting up booths and doing tutorials at other uh, glass, you know, from other more experienced glass guys that taught classes where they lived, you know? And you maybe sold or met or did a few things and had a little bit of hustle, but you needed like Jay, you know, like guys like Rolling Eye and stuff like that that supported the glass blowers, helped them sell that stuff to the smoke shops because they didn't want to be known or they didn't want to have any fame or they want to just be left alone and kind of do their thing. And then all of a sudden, all these years later happen, and then Instagram and social media happens, and now they don't need anybody really for that much. You know what I mean? You become your own independent artist. You know, some do, some don't. You know, like egos change, technology yeah. change. They don't go to shows anymore, or it's like a whole, you know, like just way different thing that's happened because of technology. Yeah, but I don't know. I still think those people are important because they find... Oh, yeah. I'm not saying they're not important. You know, yeah, not that you're saying uh, not important, no, but they're, yeah. they're still very much a staple in the, what they're doing because oh. they're, they're finding clients and people. Oh, to, yeah, yeah. Jay will <laughs> always be able to do and sell to tons of people because he reps all these different artists, but I'm talking about the ones that get the ego. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones that leave, the ones that were like his boys or people that just like came so famous because they can be contacted directly because right. they had their Instagram and now all of a sudden they're promoting themselves. Now they're doing shit because of technology they never did before. Before they literally wanted to hide. <laughs> they wanted to hide unless they came to events every once in a while, you know? Right. Yeah, I feel you on that one. Or unless there was a competition to make them want to leave to do that, you know? Yeah. It's funny, right? What's the best-selling glass you have now? Um, right now it's been like the Adventure Time stuff. It seems like that anytime I make that, it, it just disappears. And, what, and it just has like an Adventure Time theme, or what is it? Yeah, it's just likeness of the Adventure Time characters. Okay. Yeah, so Jake, Finn, Peppermint Patty... I don't even know the show you're talking about, but yeah, okay. It's I got an interesting you. show. Okay, hell yeah, hell yeah. And then if people want to uh, check you out, what, would they hit you up through Instagram if they wanted a piece? Yeah, Boast Wonder Glass, or you can hit up Jason from Forever Rolling High. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Fat Jack. Fat Jack. Um, how do you spell it for the stoners? It's B-O-S-E underscore O-N-E-R. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Any shout-outs to any friends or family? Oh, definitely. Uh, Fat Jack with uh, Dope-Ass Distributors and Jason from Forever Rolling High. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Thanks, man, for coming on. Appreciate it. And uh, 
It was definitely good uh, catching up and shit and talking about the old days, right? Yeah, definitely. And there's always like glass and all these things are always evolving. Right. Always. I can't wait till the next Molten Art show. See what's. See and what's you guys happen. check it out next time when things go past COVID and people can fucking hang out and shit. Right. Right. That's going to be the, the best part because I can just imagine the show at that point. It's going to be crazy. Hell yeah. Thank you, my brother. Definitely. Good to see you. Amen. You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio.